I'd like to welcome you all today to the next in the series of podcasts that I have put together that describe On the Way, a venture in evangelization and catechesis and all different sorts of things in the area of ministry that I can provide as a service and as a ministry to the people of God. And so today we're going to be talking about faith formation. And faith formation, again, as some of the other topics that I've talked about, like pastoral care and youth ministry and so on, is one of those topics that is very broad. But I'd like to, again, to kind of begin a little bit and talk today about my ministerial career, my ministerial life, and to kind of show you how my ministerial life has kind of developed in faith formation in spe- in a specific way here today. So as many people um, that get involved in ministering in the church, uh, I began ministering in the church as a young person, and I ministered to young people. And so as a young person myself, um, the, one of the first things that I did in faith formation was that I taught religious education. I began teaching third graders and then eventually moved up to seventh and then eighth grade. And then as time went on and I realized that I, was, I, I liked being with the kids and I liked teaching them about their faith, that I became involved in youth ministry. But faith, faith formation was always a part of the youth ministry that I was involved in. I was always teaching in some way about the faith, whether it was done in a kind of fun way that a lot of youth ministry, ministry activities are, or in a more formal way like in a religious education class. And so many volunteers kind of come to the area of faith formation and involvement in the ministerial life of the church through that way. Um, And then as time went on, um, I became a paid youth minister. And then as I was getting a little bit older and there was somebody that was willing to step into the role of youth minister at our parish, I moved into the area of adult faith formation. But faith formation has always been a more encompassing role for me. And I look at the, the word faith formation, and it is really forming people in their faith, whether they are four years old or 14 years old or 44 years old. Um, so faith formation is something that is vital to the life of the church. But I have come to realize over the years that the resources of the church um, are somewhat backwards. You know, we still devote many of the resources that we have to our kids, to the young people of the church. And we should be devoting resources to them. I'm not saying in any way that we should forget them. But I also think that we need to kind of tip the scales a little bit and focus a little bit more on the formation of adults. And the reason why that is the case is because we've been talking for many, many years, and I've talked for many, many years, about the fact that there are generations, and, and, and I use the word generations because years ago it used to be just one generation, now it's getting to be two generations, or sometimes even more, 
of people that are not really practically, not really properly formed in their faith. And so those of us that are in faith formation have recognized that there is a problem with uncatechized generations. And that then filters down into our children. And so we talk many times about how children nowadays, young people, leave their faith shortly after confirmation. Well, that is the case because we have families that are not supportive of that for the most part. And so what winds up happening is, you know, you get through, you get that carrot, that that prize of confirmation, and then all of a sudden the whole family will drift away from the practice of their faith. And I'm by no means saying that that's the case in every situation nowadays. I know many, many, many good families that practice their faith and, and, you know, move through their faith. And then when they get older, they still practice their faith as the children go off to college and they come back and they are, they are working, you know, and, and they are working in on their faith even after that period of time. But there are many, many people that we see nowadays and we see this particularly in my parish, but I'm sure that this is not something that's uncommon, is that, um, you know, we have people that will be coming to us for different sacraments that were missing the sacraments from the time that they could have or should have received them. And so we'll have older people, maybe older kids that will come to us when they're 13 or 14 years old, and they would not have received their first Holy Communion yet and so on. And I think that that is a factor of the the idea that there is this generation of young people and ge- generation of adults that are just not catechized in their faith. Now, these parents and closely again becoming grandparents of the people are are not unca- uncatechized through any fault of their own. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that um, you know, there were many influences here. You know, certainly culture plays a big part in the fact that, you know, that, that people do not feel that the church and their faith is as important as, you know, starting a family and, and being successful and, you know, having a good education on all of those different things. So I would say that it is important, you know, to, ha- to not try to change the culture because we'll never do that. But I also think it's important to recognize that we need as a church and as parishes to kind of build up the idea that faith is an important part and should be really the most important part of who we are as people. And so we're allowed and we go and we rely on our faith during the times in our life when we really need it. And so that's important. It's important for us to realize that. Now, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that we should just, you know, work on just bringing them into the fold, um, you know, through any, any means necessary. But I also think that it is vital and, and important for us to realize that we need to have catechesis and, fa- and formation of people occur, not just for 90 minutes a week when they come to the parish for a religious education class, but that catechesis and formation needs to occur for the most part in families. And if a parish is not willing and not able 
to empower families, empower moms and dads, empower, in many cases, grandparents to go about bringing about this, it's important for us to realize that we need to go about doing that and we need to go about bringing that that formation and that catechesis into an area where it might not be it might not be existent at that particular time. So it's important that catechesis and faith formation too not be watered down. In other words, we need a true, an authentic, and an unapologetic catechesis that is based on gospel values, you know, and based on the idea of the church and what it teaches, but also we need as a church and as people, and this is where on the way kind of we'll, we'll, we'll do, we'll go through, is on our, my, my mission, my mission is going about and meeting people where they are and guiding them. It's not saying, well, you know, you haven't been to church for such a long period of time. So, you know, you know, you have to go through these classes and you have to do these things. I think it's important that catechesis, yes, is a small part of the equation, but it not might not even be a good entry point. And so when people come to us and they're hungry for their faith, they might be coming to us for catechesis. They might be coming to us for a religious education class or a sacrament. But I really think that that's just a small part of the equation. Many people today, even if they don't even realize it, I think, want a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that relationship with Jesus Christ is not going to occur in an academic setting, whether it is in a religious education class, whether it's in RCIA, whether it's even, you know, getting up on a Sunday and hearing a homily or hearing a series about, you know, how what the Mass is and what liturgy is about. What people want today is a relationship with Christ, and that is going to come through experience. So it's important for us to realize that catechesis and faith formation can't be watered down. In other words, it needs to be true. It needs to be authentic. It needs to talk about the teachings of the church. It needs to talk about where we come from when it comes to scripture, when it comes from the magisterium of the church, everything that the church teaches. So not to apologize and not to water it down. And the reason why that's so vital, I think, nowadays is because, again, when we talk about the influence of the culture, the culture tells us that we can do whatever we want to do, that we can believe whatever we want to believe. Well, that I don't think is what people are looking for. I think people are looking for that structure. They're looking for something that they can grab onto and glamour onto, and the church and its teachings is something that we can provide that for that we can provide for them but it's also important for them to, for us to realize is that we need to base this teaching this catechesis and faith formation on gospel values and a lot of times that means meeting people where they are and guiding them and it means meeting people where they are in their faith journey at that particular time not chastising them because they haven't been to church in so long, not chastising them because they haven't brought their children to be baptized or had brought their children for their first Holy Communion or whatever. 
it's important for us to realize that we need to base our catechesis and formation on gospel values, meeting people where they are. And I think that that is really this, a strength of On the Way. That is a strength of the ministry that I have done over the years of meeting people where they are and accompanying them along the way, not saying to them, okay, you've missed all of this time. We need to make it up and you need to achieve these particular carrots before that even happens. The other thing that is so so vital is that when we talk about catechesis and we talk about faith formation, and this is how it, the catechesis and faith formation kind of delve in or delve, dove, dovetail into the whole idea of pastoral care. But I think it's important that catechesis, and we realize that catechesis is just a small part of the equation. And it might not even be a good entry point for many people. So for example, People today, when they come to us, they might say, "Well, I have a, I've let for, to give you an example. I, I, you know, I encountered a, a person not too long ago that brought their child in for religious education, and they said, "Well, I haven't been to church in such a long period of time, but I would like my child to receive their first Holy Communion." Well, okay, we could say, "Yes, we're going to put you in this program, and we're going to we're going to catechize you, and we're going to teach you." And then at the end of that time, at the end of the one or two year period, you're going to be able to have your child receive their first Holy Communion. Okay, and then after that, if we haven't done a good job with not just, you know, that we'll do a great job with the catechesis part, but the most important part that we're missing and where the church has missed for so many years is that people want a relationship with Jesus Christ. In other words, the relationship that we have with this family as they come in f- to receive, to have their child receive their first Holy Communion should not be based on academics. It shouldn't be based on that class. It should be based on the experiences that they have by encountering our parish and our faith. In other words, their relationship with Jesus needs to be experiential, not academic. So, for you know, we can go about and we can learn facts and we can learn facts about the Catholic Church and we can do all of that. But as I always say, facts about the Catholic Church can be found in many, many books. It can be found on Google nowadays. It can be found wherever they need to find those facts. But that's not going to give them the relationship with Jesus. That's not going to give them the spiritual dimension and the hunger that they need to feel. And if we don't do that, if we don't give them that spiritual dimension and that hunger that they're going to feel about their faith, because in the informational age that we live in, you know, formation is just not going to happen. It's not going to be just about learning the facts. So we can talk, you know, many times about how, and it begs the question even, then why even form people in their faith? Why don't we just bring them together on a Sunday and just give them good experience and everything will be fine? Well, people need to know, and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about our faith needing to be unapologetic. People need to know nowadays that it's important that being Catholic and when you are Catholic and when you say that you are Catholic, that means that you're different. That means that you're different than everyone else. That we can say to ourselves that, 
you know, our faith informs our life. So in other words, our faith is what drives us to serve. Our faith is what drives us to come to Mass on Sunday. Our faith is what drives us to learn more about our faith. Those are things that we need to realize, and those are things that we need to say, yes, if being a Catholic means that we're standing out from the rest of the crowd. It's vital to our mission. Our mission is to spread the good news, spread the gospel to everyone. Jesus said that. So that's where we are, and that's what we need to do, and that's what we need to do right now. So experiential faith is important. To just give you some more examples, you know, it's not just saying, okay, you know, come to Mass. You know, you need to come to Mass because it's one of the commandments of God. But we need to learn, we need to teach people and allow people to learn about the Mass. What's actually going on up there? What's actually happening with all the symbolism? What's actually happening when the priest raises the bread and raises the, the, the wine and it changes, changes into the body and blood of Christ? What actually is happening there? That is faith formation. Or when we talk about faith in action through service, both within the parish and outside of the parish boundaries. You know, you don't have to be Catholic to perform service. But we have Catholic social teaching. How often do we hear what are the basic tenets, what are the basic parts of that Catholic social teaching? Do we talk about solidarity? Do we talk about the preferential option for the poor? That is a vital part of our faith tradition. That is learning about and learning what is faith formation. And then another example would be Bible studies. You know, other faith traditions study the Bible. But what makes Catholic study is that bringing scripture and bringing the church and the magisterium together in small faith groups where people can have their questions answered and people can say, yes, I'm in a safe environment and I want to ask this question and I want to ask this question about the Bible or I want to ask this question about what this bishop said or what this pope said. And I can do that in a study or a discussion group, or a small faith group, that is faith formation. So in other words, as a church, we need to think outside the box sometimes. We need to think about, yes, we can bring people together. You know, we can bring people together in gathered events, and they can be structured, but they maybe they need to be structured differently than just the sitting in a classroom and having a teacher stand up and talk. Maybe we need to structure them so that people can get up and share what their experience is, what their faith tradition is all about. Also, it's important that we use ungathered events. So can we send resources home so that when parents and children sit down for dinner or when they get done with their day, that they can go through a worksheet, that they can go through something that they can talk talk about as a family in an ungathered situation where there is no member of the clergy there, there is no religious education teacher there, it's ungathered. And then the use of social media and technology. And during this time, as I'm taping this today, you know, we're going through the pandemic with the COVID-19 virus. And I can tell you that our parish is using social media and technology in ways that we never, ever dreamed of 
three months ago or four months ago. So it's important that you know we look at that as a way of thinking outside the box, of doing formation, of doing catechesis in a way that we use social media and we use technology. But it is meeting people where they are, meeting people where they are in their lives at this particular time and accepting them for who they are so that we can accompany them during this time. So as a organization is on the way, and what I can offer you at this particular time is I can offer you many, many things again. I can offer you speaking events where I can talk more fully into about this particular topic. I can sit with parish staffs, with faith formation coordinators, with people and work on them in a consulting way and to kind of give people an, an option because I think, again, as I've mentioned in other videos and other podcasts that, you know, every parish is different. And so consulting with you, finding out what the flavor and what the feel for your parish is, is so important. And then obviously I can provide you with formation sessions. I can provide you with book groups and, and how to design book groups and discussion groups and small faith groups and how to facilitate those small faith groups. So we are working on a program that where, where RCIA will become an all-year program. And I've talked about this for, with many, many people for many, many years. And I really do think that RCIA needs to be a time where people can plug in when they are coming, when they are hungry for the faith. That we don't put them in an academic setting where, for example, you know, we have somebody come and they're inspired by the Easter Vigil. And we say to them, okay, you're inspired by the Easter Vigil because you saw it, you saw the Mass, or you saw someone go through the, the RCIA program, and you want to be part of that. But wait till September until we start up again. You know, the, the flame is there at that time, and we need to keep that flame alive at that particular time. And so I think all year RCIA, where people plug in where they need to and when they want to, is so vital. Also, there are going to be a number of groups of uh, or number of YouTube videos that are going to be put out. Um, first of all, one on the theology of the Eucharist, talking about the theology of the Eucharist and, and how that is related to our lives here today because the Eucharist is so vital to Catholic faith formation. And then also we talk about the sacraments. You know, we talk about the, the seven sacraments, but there are many, many dis misconceptions about those sacraments today. And so we're going to put together some YouTube videos about those as well. And so those are some of the things that I can offer you um, in, as, on the way, um, on the way in, in your faith journey. And so I ask that you, if you are interested, to please contact us, contact us through the website, contact us through email to let us know um, what you need and how we can service you. And so... So again, I thank you for being with us here today for this podcast as we talk about faith formation and catechesis and how we can bring about that in our parish lives. So may God bless you and may God keep you.